Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Thursday, March 23rd, and we have a new number one team in the country. I am Jordy from Barstool, and with me, as always, it's my good friend and yours, and a man who has to be ecstatic with the latest polls. It's Dukes in the lab. Dukes, what's going on, brother? How how are we feeling this week after... Virginia goes down to Maryland in OT, and your Notre Dame Fighting Irish are the number one team in the country. We were talking a little bit before the show, but, like, I haven't been too locked into college across this weekend. Like, even, like, I didn't even know that Duke-UNC played on Friday night. That's how lasered into college basketball I've been. Because, well, people might not know, but you got to pay rent every month. And uh, college basketball is one of the things that helps me do it. So, I watched – the Virginia Maryland game, which was, Mar- I mean, I think I said it the last time we were on because we took a week break. The last time we were on, I said I already had my final four locked up: Duke, Notre Dame, Maryland, Virginia. Yeah, I mean, college across. I, I I do think that the only way that we don't get that as the yeah. final four is if they just like if play the bracket, other. yeah, if they have to play each other in like the quarterfinals. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, just looking at the the latest rankings, like I think that we have a pretty clear. I, I want to say I want to say five teams. I think that we have a very clear five teams that are in an elite category that are so far above the rest, who have separated themselves so far above the rest, which would be Notre Dame, Maryland, Virginia, Duke, Cornell. Now, here's the thing: I've been burned on Rutgers before. I'm I'm willing to put them like right underneath like they're like hanging on for dear life with that cat. I'm not going to completely separate them from that category. So I think we have five to six teams. Um, We'll see a little bit more out of Rutgers this weekend, but like five to six teams that are like clearly cut above the rest. And like those are the like everyone else. I feel like we can almost just completely disregard the rest of the way because uh, what we've seen out of those five to six teams uh, this year is they are just fucking running down teams left and right. And the only teams that are giving them any sweat at all is when they play against each other. Also, um, just going back to like the Rutgers thing, if Rutgers makes another run, like I'll even say what quarterfinals. I mean, is that like even a run really in college across? I'll say final four. If Rutgers made it a final four this year, at what point – like Brian Brett, I'd almost have to say is like a top two coach in college across. I it's crazy to sound, but it's almost like in my I know it's a Big Ten school, it's Rutgers. But Rutgers has never been a national powerhouse. They would officially be like in the current standing of how things sit, a better program than Johns Hopkins. Right. Yeah, I, I get what you're like. And, it's like it's like Cause like, you still have to put like, like you still have to have like Donowski up there. You still have to have Tillman up there and you still have to have Lars up there, right. but like, but they're getting in different recruiting classes than, than exactly. Rutgers is. So, so I get, I get where you're like, he's, he's doing, he might not be doing more than those other teams, but he's definitely doing more with less. So yeah. there's an argument to be made about that. I think that it's an argument that'll get like a lot of people like pissed off, be like Donowski, Tillman, Lars, but. Oh yeah, but like that's 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 what I like to do. Like I like to get like a thirty second clip, put it on the crease dive Instagram, piss people. Like there's no, nothing 
brings me more joy in life than pissing off a 30 year old that's still on Instagram who yeah. played division, division two lacrosse. Okay, so then let's let's say it then. Brian Brecht is a top two coach in college lacrosse and dinosaurs didn't exist. Then, yeah, like Brian, he's methodical. He's mythological. <laughs> he is. Um, um, no, wait, but he – so like also like with like Gonzaga basketball, like Mark Few, how, what he was able to do – I mean it's obviously a different landscape, but like that's how I kind of do like Brian Brecht, which is crazy to say since it's a Big Ten school. Yeah, Big Ten school that just doesn't – and like yeah. – yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Rutgers, listen, I'm not ready to just like get on my knees and suck Rutgers dick yet. They're, they're seven and one. Um, that one loss came to army. I don't know if that was a true loss or if that's just them respecting the troops and not wanting to beat, uh, the, the, the servers of the United States of America's military. So like good on them for losing that game. I think that we'll see a little bit more out of Rutgers this weekend if they take care of business and beat an absolute dog shit Ohio State team. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, how Ohio State just big, like as far on the fraud alert meter as as humanly possible, as physically possible. Ohio State has broken the fraud meter. Um, we'll talk about them later, but I can't wait for that. Uh, but yeah, so I'm not going to put them all the way up there just yet. But I, I do think that Notre Dame, Maryland, Virginia, Duke is going to be. I mean, those are the top dogs right now. And the fact that we got a chance to see Virginia play against Maryland this past weekend. And then this weekend we get Virginia Notre Dame. Nice little taste of what we're in store for uh, come May. I will say Virginia, Maryland, perfect, perfect world scenario. Would have been great if we couldn't schedule that on the first weekend of March Madness. Um, it happened last year too. I mean, it's, I, like, I think I tweeted it out. I was like, it's like, I have to, I had six TVs going. Like and there still wasn't there wasn't one to like that I could possibly play on college. Duke's, Duke's eyes just going left, right, up, down, crossed all over the place. Yeah, just like ruffle, everything. Ruffle, 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 ruffle. Oh my god! Do we want to talk about that save? Any chance you have that clip fired up already? Uh for sure not. But I will get it. I mean, well, I, let's we can talk about Virginia Maryland as a whole, and then we'll finally get around to that overtime save. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Dude, this game would have been nice if we didn't have to, you know, you couldn't watch this game at a bar. Like, realistic, like, unless you were in, like, a bar specifically for lacrosse, like, there might be, like, a couple green turtles in Maryland that that you could, uh, you know, be like, hey, can you throw on the, the Terps versus Virginia game? But, like, any normal bar, if you asked to throw on this game, you probably would have gotten kicked out just because basketball games were going on. But a 14-13 to 13 final in overtime, uh, Daniel Kelly with, with the OT dagger, but just getting to overtime in general, the way that we got there was wild. So let's, yep. All right. So it looks okay, like my bad. the way that goes up, it just pops up and just screams over your voice. But here, <laughs> no, no volume. When we put volume on for the listeners, uh, the, the audio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, throw throw a little volume in there. I mean, do this this first play start. Schellenberger to Zinn. Launches save Rupel, the freshman. It comes back to McConvey. Here's a chance. Another save by Rupel. Zinn on the rebound. No. Dude, I have so, a take, though. I have a take that Maryland fans are going to hate. The first reaction. Like, do you ever watch Big Daddy? Yeah. And they had the surprise party for Kevin 
It's like, oh, we, we ruined the good surprise on you. Right. As a freshman, did he ruin the best save of his career? Like, not ruin it. I mean, it came against Virginia in overtime. It's like a sick moment. Burn Lawyers is still way cooler as a national championship game. Yeah, but I mean, he still has plenty of time to to get there. I know, that's but a, like that's his that's his best save of his career so far. I'm willing to bet my career, my my small, little, top 100 lacrosse podcasting career, that he will never have a save like that in his life again. That's a I, I, I just I have no idea how how we can be sure of that. Like I, I would say yeah. I would yeah, say yeah, that's, that's 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 this is what this plays into my head of like how ridiculous of a save it was. Like the entire play, like I've watched that maybe like if that clip has a two hundred fifty thousand views, I have at least fifteen thousand views of it. Yeah, I will say like the first save that he makes on there. Uh, Evans in had, had a, had a pretty strong game. He had a goal in that game. Uh, he also just trucked someone. Um, I think it was, uh, Irksa as he was clearing the ball. So, you know, good game out of Evans, but like the fact that it feels like he could have walked in like another five, six yards before he got that first shot off. So I will say that Rupel got a little, he didn't get lucky. He still made a great save. It was still a well-placed shot. But like the fact that, you know, he saw that shot from what was it like 15 instead of 11 um, definitely made life a little bit easier. Dude, to come back. I mean, Thomas McConvey, what it's, it's so goddamn unfair that Virginia was able to get him in the transfer portal. The fact that he gets to go up against short sticks uh, should be illegal. So he had a massive game and then, you know, off first off, let's talk about McCarr or maker. I always switch up back and forth on, on how we say it. I'm, I'm going to go with maker this time, but like, what, what the fuck was that play where you gobble up the rebound? You know, your freshman goalie makes a huge save. You're lucky enough to get up the rebound and then you just backhand launch it up the field for, it was like, uh, who, who was, who was the kid on Virginia that just threw that ball away in, in the Furman loss? He, he Clark. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty much like the same thing, just a total brain dead move of just like panicking and trying to get rid of the ball, throwing it to nowhere, gets intercepted, ends up in McConvey's stick, the most dangerous man on the field that day. Uh, and the fact that Ropo was able to make that save, then the other rebound, the, obviously the diving save, like the biggest save of them all. Um, just chaos, anarchy, and just insanity. Uh, it, unbelievable save. Definitely a situation that I, I agree going to be hard to replicate that at some point in his career, but you never know. I would say that it, I would say if he had the Maryland team of last year, I would say absolutely. He won't have another save like that just because I don't think that for that Maryland team ends up in a situation where they're in overtime like that. Um, but you never know with this Maryland team. I think that, you know, they're not quite as dominant as they've been before. So Maryland might find themselves in a couple more close game situations like that. He's made some wild saves already. Who's to say he can't do it again? Are they not that dominant? Dude, they, they lost to Loyola and Notre Dame. Okay. But they had like basically a goalie with no ACL. True. I'm starting to, I'm starting to talk myself into, was that Loyola game just like, throw it out the window like pretend it didn't even happen 
Yes, I still don't know if that Maryland offense is quite at like they still don't have that guy, and they they have different guys who step up every every week. So this past week it was Jack Chorus with with four goals. Um, you know, weeks before maybe it's been Owen Murphy. Weeks before maybe it's been Jack Brennan. Weeks before maybe it's been Kyle Long. But like the fact that they don't have like that guy still worries me to the like to where they're not going to just run through teams but that doesn't make them more scary that like you don't know who's going to beat them on any given day like, no no because like it's 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 like thanos right like bernhardt was inevitable um wisnowskis was inevitable like you can like know who it is doesn't doesn't change the fact that they're still gonna do it to you yeah i there, I'll, there's I'll, there's I'll the element of the unknown there. There's the element of the unknown, but like at yeah, the I'll same point, it's like may, maybe someone does. Okay, that's that's what. No, the that's. I think, it's, I think it's a fair argument. I think that I think that Maryland, dude. If you know who the boogeyman is, and the boogeyman still fucking gets you, that is like. It, is, don't want to say it on the airwaves. I don't know if like like I don't. Are you gonna say you don't know if Bernhard or Wisnowskis were the no, boogeyman? No, Bernhard was that guy. Rambo was that like was Wisnowskis like like it's not like like he like I think he's a better pro than he was a college player. Like, are we sure that he was like I know he's the torch on Warren when the last year, so it's crazy <laughs> for me to say it. But it's not like like I feel like they're just like like it was like I don't think that he was head and shoulders above everybody else in Maryland last year. No, I mean, he also got a lot of help. Like, dude, having a guy like Keegan Khan, um, yeah, like, also, you know, having a guy like, uh, you know, like a 20 year old, like Anthony DeVeo. I'm being very careful with what I say because I think he's ridiculous, but it's not like, I don't know. It's not like if I was just like, put the ball on your stick and just like, like, go do shit. Like, that. I think he's proved that more as a pro than he did at Maryland. Yeah. I just think, though, if the game's on the line, though, you knew for a fact you could give it to him and he'd get the job done. So okay. it might not it might not be like a sixty straight minutes of of boogeyman, but it's game on the line. Someone needs to nut up and clutch up. You give the ball to Groot. Yeah, I, I always uh, I'm I'm just overall I think Maryland I think Maryland just is good. I think Rupal, Rupal, whatever, like stud. Maybe, like, maybe maybe here here's here's the thing. Maybe the one thing that could potentially hold Maryland back might be John Tillman. Because Tillman gets my Coward of the Year award uh, during during this game, where uh, I forget, I'd have to go back and see who it was, but uh, you know, down to the final minute, Weirman, game, yeah, get, yeah, Weirman, yeah. So game's tied. Weirman wins the faceoff, goes down on a, and just sticks a shot. I think he put it low and away. Whistles blow. Refs waving their their hands frantically. Timeout was called. Wipes the goal off the board. Then we go to overtime. Um, I saying that that's one of just the absolute worst feelings in the world as a coach when when you fuck up a timeout call like that. And it's tough because it would also be the worst feeling in the world if you didn't call the timeout and Weirman gets stripped and then it goes down the other way and then you get scored on. A little damned if you do, damned if you don't. Also, you kind of look back on what happened with uh, the, the national championship game, 2021, Maryland, Virginia, Weirman goes down, gets stuffed, maybe a little bit of flashbacks there. 
Oh, tough situation for Tillman, but just made the wrong call think, on that one. I think through his career, he's proved to be a timeout guy, though, in those situations. Stick to what you normally do. Like, it usually works out for Maryland. They're doing fine, Tillman. It, 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 worked, it worked out in the end. And listen, the fact that, you know, that timeout was called and that goal was wiped off the board, then we got the best moment of the season with the Ripple saves. So without that timeout, we don't get the saves same time still got to give him the coward of the year award like the, the the facts are facts the rules are the rules i can't do anything about it you call that time out you get coward of the year this is why i could be a coach like high school or college level like if i'm 40 years old or like just like old, significantly older than the people that i'm coaching and i called a timeout in that situation and they scored there would be nothing worse than having like a 15 year old look me in the eye and just be like i was right you were wrong like, do you know what I mean? Like, like that. What, that what, what, did, what did the kid at uh didn't didn't the kid at uh at Hofstra or no maybe it was a PLL game? What did they say? Dude, you're a joke. Yeah, when I threw the T-shirt to him and yeah. it just fell short and went straight into the garbage. <clears throat> they just go, "You're a joke." It's like, yes, but like, you don't need it. Like, <laughs> you're not my dad. Uh, well, uh, but yeah, I mean, dude. Without a doubt, game of the year so far. Uh, unbelievable back and forth action. Got a chance to see a little bit of Shelly, but a lot of Thomas McConvey, uh, some Ricky Miazon sightings, just a, a cast of characters getting the job done for Maryland. Unbelievable saves and Daniel Kelly providing the dagger at the end. Sick game that, you know, just scheduled a little bit poorly. Then we're going to get another sick game coming up this weekend with Virginia versus Notre Dame. I was wondering this. This is a this is a uh, two hundred IQ thought by me. I think. Do they schedule it this weekend? Because college basketball doesn't have rights to ESPN during March Madness. Uh, that's that that yeah that that could. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. So that could definitely. Well, I be think a that was like ESPN's way of trying to like get people to watch their broadcast was to schedule a game like Maryland Virginia. So that is a very I, – I would imagine that that's a very good coincidence just because I don't see the powers oh, – that not a good thought. No, it, it was a great thought. I think that it was – I think that that's – I think that you just put more thought into that take than anyone who makes the schedules for college across has ever thought of before because um, I, I don't see the powers that be kind of looking at that and just being able to have the the forethought to be like, Hey, let's, let's get more eyes on the cross during March madness. I yeah, think that I, that's I, like a, th them being dumb and Oh, it kind of works out where, you know, now we can put, uh, you know, Virginia versus Notre Dame on ESPNU uh, on, on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Like I, in, in my head, I was like, the ESPN people were like, what's like a uh, women's college basketball tournament? Like it starts at this time. Like what can we throw on one of the other ones? And they're like, let's put a college across game. Let's grow the game. <clears throat> let's grow the game. A um, couple other good games from the weekend, or at least, uh, you know, games to be talked about. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Duke, the Duke North Carolina game on Friday, I was very happy in the very beginning of it because Duke looked like they were just running away with that one. And it seemed like a game that people didn't really have to tune into. They could go back to basketball. Uh, North Carolina made a bit of a game of it in, in the middle, but eventually Duke just kind of ran away with that um, as they're known to do. So 15 to eight final for Duke. 
you know, North Carolina came back and beat the shit out of Dartmouth. So I guess it's not Dartmouth's year. Uh, but, you know, Dyson Williams, five goals. Brennan O'Neill, five points. Uh, I mean, what, what, what more do we need to say about how lethal Duke's offense is? It's scariest attack line. Uh, what do we make out of what do we make out of Cornell and Yale right now? So Cornell doubled up Yale. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch much of this game, uh, Dukes. I know that you were also pretty busy in the lab for college basketball, but I mean, just just looking at the box score here, twenty to ten, um, Chase Erland with twenty one saves. So I saw uh, I saw TD. Yeah, I saw get that. after him. Get after him on on Twitter a little bit. Let him. Just remind him that he's adopted and not loved by the parents. Uh, but 21 saves from Chase Erlin. Matt Brandau held to just uh, a goal and an assist. Uh, meanwhile, Cornell, their offense, just getting getting a lot of contributions from everybody, but led by the big dogs of Billy Coyle, CJ Curse, and Michael Long. So something to be expected the whole rest of the season. So Cornell, I think right now, really, really separating themselves from the rest of the Ivy rest of the Ivy a little bit in shambles. Yeah. That, that Yale score was, was shocking to see. I, I expected a bigger year from Yale, but I think that the departures of that senior, like the Chris fake Teplin, just like having that like leadership, I guess, in the lo- locker room has come back to like bite them a little bit. I mean, a lot of these guys probably haven't played college across that are like expected to play big minutes for them or, you know what I mean? One year, maybe limited minutes. Yeah, I think uh listen, they they've got you know, they've got something there with with Lions kind of just really taking he had a huge freshman year, uh, another big year so far this year. I don't know exactly where he is in terms of uh goals. No, no, goal. So I mean <laughs> okay, there he is. That's kind of what I was thinking was was going to be the case. 21 goals, zero assists. So like you've got You've got a goal scorer there, a, a guy, but someone who needs the ball maybe to be distributed to him. That's going to be your Matt Brandow. So it's like, like this is like kind of the year to really take advantage of having that towards and caliber guy, as well as the guy who can just finish the shit out of the ball. And I'm not going to say that the season's completely over for them uh, just because, you know, they're probably going to make the tournament. But if this is the year to, to get back, to the to the glory land for Yale, I just don't see that being the case. I want to give a shout out to someone from the box score. Yep, I just have a take on this kid, Brendan Staub from Garden City. And I'm only saying this because I watched him last year, and he was against he, he was on that in the game guarding Spolina, and I was like, oh, this kid's gonna be a stud at uh, uh, Cornell uh, next year. And I was like, I just didn't see where he. F- uh, fit into the defense, but I see he's at LSM right now. I'm telling you, if Cornell is on an ESPN broadcast this year, they will suck him off on how good he plays. He's going to be one of the best. I think he's. I think he's. I thought he was like one of the best defenders I saw at the high school level, like from Garden City. I mean, just alone. But he, he's a stud. I saw he had like five ground balls, which he, that's just a vacuum, and, and that's like splitting time with another LSM. So shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, did we get a, uh, oh man, there was another, there was another clip from this game that was, uh, went, went pretty yeah, viral in the, uh, yeah. in, 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 in the cross world. I think our good friend, uh, Dan Aburn had the, 
had the clip of this one. Um, But yeah, I mean, talk about just Cornell just bullying the shit out of out of Yale's offense just defensively. So uh, let's see. Actually, I I, I don't know. I can't pull it up here, but perhaps you could. I'm talking about uh, like, do, you, do you ever see the UMass clip? What's up? You ever see the UMass clip with Yale? No. Where like you the you like the UMass guys like Brandau shot it late. Did they did they get after him? Yeah, they like whatever. But nobody on Yale stuck up for Brandau, and I thought that was a loser. Like that's just like I don't know, bad luck. Yeah, well, this way, I mean, we had Gavin Adler just shutting down, just shoving Brandau shit right back in his face, uh, and then finally, I'm uh, trying to figure out who uh, who's, who slides over to him, but just lays the body, throws Brandau on the ground. Uh, who who was that that slid? Forty three. Got to got to pull up the roster here. Bad radio, bad radio, bad radio, bad radio. Oh, Oh. all right. So Jason Singer. Yeah. So shout out to Jason Singer. I don't have him picked as my weight room of the week right now, uh, but I think that he's definitely in the running because he just bodied. We'll we'll, we'll throw this clip in there eventually, but body Brandau. Yep. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, That would have been a good weight room of the week. Would have been a fantastic weight room of the week. Honestly, might talk myself into it uh, the longer that we go. But either way, that Cornell defense, obviously, they're in bully mode. Uh, the the offense, I mean, anytime you have a cursed running your offense, you're going to have be able to put up numbers. Uh, Billy Coyle just having a, a hell of the season so far, uh, 15 goals, nine assists. Uh, you know, you still have a guy like Piatelli there who can, who can sling the rock. And, yeah, Cornell. Pretty much head and shoulders above the rest. Yep, here we go. I mean, dude, Gavin Adler is just so menacing. Yeah, he's so good. It's the thing, like he he doesn't even doesn't need to throw a single check. I think Gavin Adler could go out there without a stick in his hands and still lock up the best players in college lacrosse. Even the Cornell just got Michael Long back. He's filthy. Like they're just. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with your team. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a rough year for the Ivy so far, but I could definitely see Cornell making a run back to the Final Four. For sure, um, I can see yeah. everyone sleeping on them, like not being in the ACC. Yeah, and so I think the rest of their yeah. schedule right now. I mean, obviously they they play the rest of the Ivies. Uh, they've got let's see, out of out of conference, they've got Marquette and Army. Um, so. We're going to get a chance to see a lot of Cornell, especially because I think all the Ivy games are at least on ESPN plus. So we're going to get a chance to see a lot of Cornell. And I think that that would be, you know, my clear pick to win the Ivy at the moment. Uh, Yale can't get doubled up like that and have people talking about you. Penn, Penn, there's a chance they they've, They've been up and down so far this year, but we saw them uh, get a big win over Princeton in overtime, another Sam Hanley overtime winner. So that's two overtime winners for Sam Hanley in the span of like a week, maybe a week and a half. Uh, So we had the overtime winner against St. Joe's now the overtime winner against Princeton. I mean, the loss to Duke 
it looked a little bit closer than it actually was. The loss to Penn State hurts, but Cornell also lost to Penn State, and Penn State's obviously just addicted to bullying the nerds. Um, loss to Villanova was a little tough, but that's you know a couple games over the span of a couple days in the in the Philly Philly Four Lacrosse Classic or whatever they called that. Uh, so Penn, they, they're they're going to make some noise in the Ivy, but I think that that's really the the only real threat that I see to Cornell, and I don't see them as a threat at all. Nova quietly seven and one. Nova quietly seven and one. Um, yeah, they they've they've moved but up they, the rankings quite a bit. Not like wins yeah. that really like blow your dick off your body. The Penn win is good. The Delaware win's good, I think. Like, I like say what you want. Like, I know Hopkins just beat them. I think Hopkins is. They, I don't think they're back, but I think they're fine. Like, they did lose to Yale, but like, I don't know. It's still Yale. Like, what? Like, what, like, what are we gonna like criticize? Like, every win loss by like, like even in a even in a down year, Yale can be fine or whatever. Like, you got it's not even called a down year yet. Yeah, I think that you know Villanova is. Exactly. Like they're, they're right in that. So I said, there's, there's that group of five, maybe six, depending on what we see from Rutgers the rest of the year, five, maybe six teams that are really separating themselves from the rest of the pack. So I think that we have five, maybe six great teams in college across from there. I think we have like another six to seven teams that are pretty good. Um, you know, so I, I put Villanova in there. I put hop. Penn Yale a little bit, but like Yale and Penn are like still there. Um, so Vill- Villanova is like right in that category, but so like five to six great teams, six to seven good teams, dude. After that, like I don't, there are not twenty good teams in college across. Like the fact that we have these top twenty polls every week, I really think that we could cut them down to fifteen because, dude, the fact that we have Ohio State and Princeton still ranked. In the top 20, let dude, Ohio state right now, they're four and four. Their wins are against air force, Cleveland state. The North Carolina win is like decently fine. And then Detroit mercy, but they've got their shit kicked in by Virginia. They lost to Cornell shit caved in by Notre Dame and then a loss to Denver. So they're four and four with four losses that are just spankings. Princeton two and four. They're the top twenty. They're they're the twentieth best team in the country. They're two and four with their wins against Monmouth and Manhattan. Now it's not like their losses. It's not like their losses are like like hard. They they've lost to you know Maryland, Georgetown, Rutgers, Penn. Like yeah, they're all top twenty losses. But you can't be two and four and be the twentieth best team in the country. There just aren't twenty good teams. Hi, St. Joe's is four and three, and I think they're they're more deserving. Of being in the top twenty, absolutely. Like, I, I don't know if they watched like, the same same game as we're like St. Joe's. Yeah, they had the two the two losses that like two losses that they had to Hopkins and uh, Penn. One goal losses against good teams. And yeah, I mean they're right there. You lose you lose a inner city like rivalry to Drexel, like. Drexel's not a bad program. Yeah, like- Drexel Drexel's the team where you show up to that game and you're like, you you roll out the ball and anything can happen. And that was also like a down spot for them. You have two emotional games against Hopkins and 
Penn, you lose to Penn in a devastating overtime fashion by Sam Hanley ruining, ruining your life. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 think, I think St. Joe's will sneak, like, not sneak. I think St. Joe's will get into the tournament and win a game. I'm still still. Right, right now, I'm just very, very curious as to how much, like, th- does Donna have a, a media poll vote? And, like, does it count, like, way more than everyone else's? Like, how how do we have Princeton still hanging around in the top 20 um, if it's not just to suck off the Ivy League? Well, we it was Princeton, right? That's where Donna went to school. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to read fast. That's... Don't don't strain yourself too much. No, she looks maybe Penn. Ah, motherfucker. Tough, tough look. Tough look for the Philly brand there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but I but I think you know Ohio State. I'm ready to bury Ohio State. We can we can dig them six feet under the ground, put them away, just as as fraudulent as could get and we really we really talked ourselves into ohio state before no, this no. Started, I, I, feel I, like. I will say this i like i i get it, it like i talked highly about like their defense and stuff and like people are going you don't know what you, I, I don't give a fuck I, i'm sticking to my guns like if you have bobby van buren and marcus hudgens on your defense you should be a good defense you have the patriot league player defensive player of the year you're, you're adding him with bobby van buren that should be one of the best duos in the country the fact that they're letting up as many goals as they are this isn't me having a bad take like there is a hierarchy issue at Ohio State that needs to be evaluated at like a great order. There is no way that their defense should be this bad. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's honestly disrespectful of Ohio State to make us look like we had a bad take about this one because it should have been just one. one it should have been one of the more confident and locked up takes that we've ever had. And the fact that they're that they're doing this to us right now, like fuck Ohio State as a program. No, and, and I know people think or think like, oh, you're joking, you know. Like, I I think if people listen to like a majority of the episodes, I have a lot of takes, and when I'm wrong, I will I I put my fucking hand to the sky and I say I'm wrong, and I, I get that I'm wrong, but like, this isn't because I do, didn't do like the research. Or I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, if you like last year, if you're like Bobby Van Buren is gonna add get, get gonna get to play next to. Marcus Hudgens, you'd be like, that's one of the best defenses in the country. Like, is I've been watching enough Ohio State to like know, like, is it a short stick D MIDI issue? Is it like a communication issue? Is it a goaltending issue? Like, I think I might just have to watch every single Ohio State game and get this defense right. Listen, there's there's a chance it could be a culture issue. Who knows? I mean, you, oh, you, I'm down. Yeah. There you go. And and like a culture issue, yeah. My Myers out culture issue, but dude, it's like you can't lose seventeen to three in a game. Like if you're if you want to consider yourself to be a national contender, someone who deserves to play in the tournament at the end of the year, can't lose seventeen to three at any point. I and I first off love Mitchell Pelkey, friend of the program, did the goalie challenge. We had the uh, interview with him last year. He's a great guy. It's hilarious to me that like if lacrosse was like a bigger sport, I would love to see like like a melt like just like i would love to see one of these like analysis like try to like use like his youtube page like as being like oh is that like a distraction for the ohio state program yeah. like i would like the fact that lacrosse isn't big enough where like that's not going to be a conversation but like i'd love like i know that there's some lacrosse just like seeing like colin coward just being like yeah i know there's i know there's some lacrosse dad out there though that like his son is like oh like like i love mitchell pelkey and like he's like yeah well he's fucking four and four right now like you want to be a youtuber you want to be a lacrosse guy like, I know some dad's just pissed. 
I mean, you gotta, gotta work on, you know, protecting your, protecting your stick a little bit more than getting those subs up. Protecting the the stick. Yeah. So Ohio state dead in the ground, six feet under Princeton dead in the ground, six feet under Um, listen, Penn state, Penn state. I'm going to say it right now. They're flirting with me, right? They're, they, they kind of brought me back in. I don't, I don't think that they're nearly as dead as I thought that they would be at the beginning of the season. I don't think that Tambo seat needs to be scorching hot lava. I'll take that take back. I'll give Tambo a little bit more time, but you can't flirt with me and start being back and then drop a game to Marquette. So right now I'm just saying that I I have the shovel out for Penn state. I'm not going to start digging yet, but I have the shovel out. Uh, Loyola kind of the same situation. I mean, they, they come out, they have those big wins against Hopkins and Maryland. And I'm thinking, all right, Loyola is back, right? The, 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 the ghost of Pat Spencer is back that game against Duke. I, I know that, you know, now we're going back a couple weeks, but we did take the week off. Uh, that loss against Duke was just painfully obvious that Loyola is not even close to being in that top tier. So uh, Loyola, you guys are having a really good season, but just be warned. I have the shovel out. Uh, and any, any other teams who else did we want to bury here? Um. I would like to bury. I mean, do we? Uh, Cause we do, we do have, Oh, <laughs> oh no. The, is, are, are, is the shovel out or are you starting to dig? I'm starting to dig. Wow. Seven and one. Seven and one cold world out here. Haven't lost in over a month. Duke's starting to dig. I'm glad that I'm not the number one Rutgers hater. I haven't watched and full transparency. I haven't watched one Rutgers game this year. They will lose by 20 to Maryland. Well, <laughs> we well, when when do we get a chance to see that one? Rutgers and Maryland, they don't square off until so we're still about a month away from that one. So April 16th, but Dude, I will say this this upcoming weekend, this game against Ohio State, I think that this will be right now. I, I have the sho- the shovels away right now for Rutgers. I'm I'm keeping them alive. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because I've been wrong about them before. This game against Ohio State this weekend, because Ohio State, they're already six feet under to me. So if Rutgers goes out and they spank Ohio State, take care of business the way that they should, Rutgers. You, you, I'll, I'll really throw you in that top six category. Uh, if, if you lose to Ohio State, then, then that's just validation for Duke starting to dig. And Duke is going to go overtime on digging. He's going to get calluses on his hands uh, from digging so hard. So this, this is that. This is a game where this is a take care of business game for Rutgers this weekend. TCOB. Fine. If they lose to Ohio State, though, I'm burying eight feet under the ground. Yeah, and they would deserve to be. Um, all right, well, so before we get into this weekend's slate of games, uh, let's let's do some let's do some segments here. Okay. Uh, what are we doing? We, let's let's start off with weight room of the week, brought to us by Shark Chalk. So anyone who's going to the gym, 
doing some deadlifts, doing some hand cleans, doing whatever you need to do to get in shape so that you can stay in shape. Shark chalk is a new liquid form of gym chalk. That way you don't have to go around getting the whole gym all chalked up. You don't have to look like you're LeBron James entering an NBA game, just tossing chalk all over the air. It comes up all on your clothes. You throw on some liquid shark chalk. One, it's going to give you better grip. Two, it's going to be less mess. Three, you're going to be able to get up more weight. You're going to put up more weight than you've ever put up in your life. And if you go over to sharkchalk.com, you can put in promo code LAX20 for 20% off of your next order. Uh, my weight room of the week. I, I did talk about maybe maybe the, the Cornell defense a little bit, but I'm going to stick to my guns here, and I'm going to go with Evan Zinn of Virginia. Uh, so Evan Zinn, this goes back to it was a 5-3 game uh, in the second quarter of that Maryland-Virginia game. Evan Zinn clearing the ball, puts his shoulder down, and just runs through a poor turp. And I'm trying to think – was that at the midfield line or was that at the restraining line? I forget off the top of my head, but there's just nothing better than lowering the shoulder. You got a guy trying to ride you. You're clearing the ball and you just truck him. Not only does he truck him, turns around, points at him, gives him, hey, little boy, you're a little, little too small. Get off the tracks when the Zen train is coming through. So Evan's in my weight room of the week. <clears throat> I have a weight room of the week too, presented by Shark Talk, which by the way, I, 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 they sent me, they sent me some and I've been using it. Yeah. It, fantastic. Put up a PR yesterday. Uh, it felt good. And like, exactly like you said, I didn't look like a, like a psychopath, like going over with like all the hardos and like, like, like steroids, like just like sneakily put it on, put it in my bag. Like it was just like, then all of a sudden like you're there, you have the grip that you need. Um, so shout out to our chunk. Thank you for the, uh, for the care package. But my weight room of the week, you might be thinking, um, who got bodied, Dukes? Who, who who got bodied? No, it's not one particular person. I'm talking about the Duke lacrosse team, just absolutely burying teams, burying goals, burying programs. <clears throat> Talk about like we we're like you know, guys. I'm a Notre Dame guy, um, number one team in the country, but we're talking about a team that's playing their best lacrosse right now and looks like they're only going to start getting better. Duke. Duke and they have the defense, they have the goalie, they have the attack line, and now I think their midfield's coming along. Duke is a scary, scary team, and they've been bodying people, so they deserve and they earned my shark chalk weight room of the week. Well, there there also was though like a specific bodying, and I uh, so this was Wilson Stevenson, who I think I might have even given weight room of the week earlier this year uh, after they played Penn because he was the biggest, baddest dude on the field then. Uh, but Duke against Air Force, I think this ended up being called a hold, uh, but Wilson Stevenson just gripping up an Air Force attackman and just having his – just ragdolling him all over the field. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, would love to see – like I know Virginia, they had, and I don't know if he's still there or not. I feel like I like saw a report that he that he moved on somewhere else. But like Virginia had like this uh, strength and conditioning coach who was just an absolute maniac, and he turned that team into a bunch of mutants. I would love to know what Duke's strength and, and training program looks like right now because they're also churning out mutants at, at the moment. Um, obviously, like guys like Brendan O'Neill and Wilson Stevenson are just like naturally huge, uh, but like. 
all, all these guys are just bigger, better, faster, stronger than everyone they go up against. So yeah, it's a, it's a terrifying team at the moment. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very, I put a lot of trust into Duke. If you got, if you catch my drift. I do. Uh, and hopefully that cashes Memorial day Monday. Uh, so let's move on to mid-major, major performance. Uh, Dukes, you got anyone set up for this? You know what? You take it away first. All right. Well, I am going to double dip here. Um, don't, don't want this to be cheating, but there are a couple guys who I want to shout out. Uh, first off, Ty Kurtz, Delaware, the CAA. Uh, dude, this kid is just bad. He's been a human highlight reel all season so far. Um, you know, he's had a couple – couple nasty goals throughout the year so far. He had one against uh, Michigan kind of coming around uh, the crease one-handed, but this game against uh, Hopkins on Sunday night, first off, fantastic game. Great Sunday night matchup between Hopkins and Delaware. Uh, some back and forth action got a little tight. Then Hopkins was able to pull away in the fourth quarter. Uh, but Ty Kurtz, five goals, two assists in that game. And just one of the smoothest shooting strokes in college across right now. Uh, kid just brings that righty. He's he's like a righty Mac O'Keefe at this point. Uh, so he has his hands free for half a second at the top of the box. Guess what? That thing's going into a top right corner. So Ty Kurtz gets my first uh, mid-major major performance of the week. My second one, I'm going to go. So I'm going to go with Matthew Minicus of Loyola. So he had seven goals against Bucknell. At the same time, his brother, Brian Benicus, who plays for Georgetown, he had six goals against High Point. So Georgetown, Big East, they're not going to get my mid-major major performance, but Patriot League, we're, we're going to call that mid-major. So Matthew Menekis of Loyola, mid-major major performance. But let's talk about this real quick. Minicus brothers combining for 13 goals on the weekend seems pretty crazy to have a, a set of brothers scoring goals on, on, on the same day, the same weekend, not quite as unique as you would think because this past weekend, and this comes to us from our, uh, our good friend uh, committed combine on Twitter at coach Pulax got the hat on right now. Uh, but we had 10 sets of brothers who scored goals in college across so far this weekend. So let's do a quick rundown of all of them. The Minicus brothers from Georgetown and Loyola, the Scherzinger twins from uh, both from UNC, the Kavanaugh brothers from Notre Dame, the trainer brothers from Penn state, uh, the Kelly brothers, one at Maryland, one at Georgetown, the Embry brothers from Marist, the Kohler brothers from Maryland and Udell, the Malones, Penn state and Harvard, uh, the Hackett brothers, both at Bryant, and then the McMahon twins, one of them's at Bryant, one of them's at Mount St. Mary's. So 10 sets of brothers all getting on the score sheet this weekend in college across. So that's just a little, little bonus part of mid-major major performance. So uh, brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug and brothers got to fill the back of the net. Congrats to the family affairs all around. My mid-major major performance of the week goes out. And honest, my new number number two in the poll, Binghamton Lacrosse. They sent me merch. So, Bearcats. Yeah, and, um, you know, New York guy, New York blood. Uh, probably the best lacrosse school in New York at the moment. But they beat Mer uh, Merrimack 
Uh, 14 to 7. Mary McAwagon, probably not. Thomas Greenblatt, one goal, six assists. Uh, I love a guy that finds his teammates. I love a guy that's a hamburger helper. Um, so six assists stands off the stands off the stat sheet, and I just think that deserves some love. Also, the faceoff guy. I'm gonna get his name right. Matt DeSouza. DeSouza. It's something DeSouza. It's something Italian. It's something that screams that DeSouza. He loves his chicken parm, um, but he went uh, ten of thirteen. 77% from the X. So that's you guys. Thank you to the cross, number two in the country. My mid-major major performances. Binghamton versus Notre Dame, Memorial Day Monday. A lot are saying is that there's that a possibility, but you know, Notre Dame's gotta get there first. Binghamton bro. Binghamton, keep your Memorial Day weekend clear because you're gonna have a trip to Philadelphia uh, to attend. All right, so let's uh this coming weekend, obviously another another big weekend for college basketball. So you know we might not get a chance to watch quite as much lacrosse as we want. Although we do have a ton of games uh, in the early afternoon that won't necessarily uh, run into any issues with with college hoops. Uh, but as far as this weekend slate of games go, I think that there are four games that that stand out above the others again i i think we're at the point of the season where we can start trimming down on a little bit of the fat uh you know we don't have to keep quite as much of an eye on a lot of teams uh as far as looking forward to who the real contenders in the tournament are going to be so let's just start off biggest game of the weekend probably going to be one of the biggest games of the year and we're going to get a chance to see it again uh at some point in the tournament we've got virginia and notre dame so virginia on the road notre dame uh just i mean talk about what i mean what what a what a great gotta gotta get the weather report in south bend for this one um but i have to imagine it's just going to be a beautiful afternoon on the hill 12 o'clock eastern on espnu uh I mean, game, game of the game of the century here, Dukes. How do you feel about your Notre Dame Fighting Irish going into their first game as the number one ranked team in the country? I don't like that we're getting a hungry Virginia. But with that said, Cavaliers don't give a fuck. This team don't give a fuck. This team is special. Um, it comes down to a close game. At least one, you know, one, one, one of these sides knows how to win in overtime. That's Notre Dame. Dude, I think, uh, yeah, I think the Kavanaugh brothers right now are just, they're they are playing so angry, so pissed off. They've got a lot. They, they're, they're making up for, for missed time, time that was stripped away from them from Donna last year by not putting Notre Dame in the tournament. I think they're making the most for that time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, listen, maybe if this was a Tuesday game, Tuesdays are for the Hunters, right? But, a, you know, a Saturday game, your home field, afternoon whole world's watching you i think that this is where the Cavanaughs come out they shine the brightest i could see uh you know a couple really great ride back goals from the Cavanaughs. um i think that this is going to be a great game just uh obviously the the Tawaratan implications here between shelly and and the Cavs. um you know i think man, I, I i don't I'm going to go ahead and go with Notre Dame in this game. Um, but this is just one where the biggest winner of the day going to be us, the fans, because it's going to be a great game to watch Notre Dame, Virginia. 
I'm on Notre Dame, but extremely tight. Would love another overtime game. Uh, that's at 12 o'clock Eastern on ESPNU. You know, my second favorite game of the weekend uh, is going to be, I believe it is, yeah, five o'clock, Penn State, Maryland. Uh, so this will be on Big Ten Network. So I don't even think that it's going to be on the plus. So anyone who has Big Ten Network uh, with their cable or streaming provider be able to watch this one. This is, uh, you know, again, kind of kind of talked about it before. Penn State, I have to shovel out for them, but I'm not ready to start burying yet. We're going to see how they look against a team like Maryland, right? They, they've already they bullied their way through the Ivy. Can they keep that up when they're going against a conference opponent, another elite team? Um, Maryland obviously going to be riding high off of that overtime win against Virginia. Are they going to have any letdown in this one? Um, it is a home game for Maryland, so that's going to make life a little bit easier. And I do think that the Maryland-Penn State, I do think that there's a big little little extra juice to that one as far as rivalries go. Um, so I could see this game not coming down to the wire, but I, I could see Penn State making Maryland really have to scratch and claw for it. Yeah, I know that Like at least in football, like, Maryland thinks they have a rivalry with Penn State, so maybe like that carries over. Yeah, the it. like the pregame handshakes and shit like that. Yeah, but I, I kind of I tend to agree with that. I think there's a little extra juice in this one. I mean, if you uh, and my pick is yeah, I, I think people know where I stand, Maryland. Yeah, definitely Maryland, but yeah, I think the Penn State. I think the Penn State can get you know a couple, go on a couple runs here to make this maybe like a like a three goal game. Um, you know, so big 10 at night should be a good one to cap off the day. Uh, a few other decent games in there somewhere. I mean, uh, Duke St. Joe's don't sleep on that one. I'm not exactly sure how to watch that game. It might be probably streaming on ESPN plus somewhere. Um, but Duke coming into Philly to play against St. Joe's St. Joe's has proven that they can play with anybody, uh, but they just haven't really been able to get the job done against some of the top programs. So, you know, this, this could be another tight game, tight loss mm-hmm. to an elite team for St. Joe's, uh, but should prove that St. Joe's going to be an, a, a demon uh, when it comes time for them to run through their conference. Mm-hmm. Um trying to think any anything else i mean yale princeton that's a that's a that's a game who's going to be like who's who's less dead you know that that's a, g- a game of the walking dead right there who's going to be the last of us in that game yale princeton oh, loser go- yeah yeah loser goes home loser should pack their bags and never play again for the rest of the year uh that game's at princeton at 1 p.m the Sunday games are, are going to be real good too. We've got uh Penn and Cornell. They play against each other at 12 o'clock on Sunday, little 12 o'clock matinee. That'll be on ESPNU. Uh, kind of already mentioned, I think that Penn would be like the toughest threat to Cornell in the Ivy so far this year. So we'll see if that take holds up uh, or if Cornell just trounces through them. Um, Dukes, who, who do you got Penn and Cornell? Cornell. Cornell, I'm going to stick with my guns on that one. You're going to go with Philly, guys? Uh, I would like to, but I, I just think that that Cornell defense, like I look at Penn and I look at, you know, how big they are and they kind of try to bully their way through guys. Like Sam Hanley can kind of just run through guys. Uh, Shipley, just uh, one of the best athletes in college lacrosse, tries to run through guys. But I think that Cornell defense is athletic, is as athletic as anybody in the country. So that might not work well for Penn. So I'm going to go 
Cornell defense able to lock it down. And I'm going to go with Cornell, but I would love to see that one be tight because I don't want the Ivy to be a complete runaway uh, for Cornell. And then the Ohio State Pen- uh, well, Ohio State Rutgers game. Uh, that's We're back to Sunday night, Big Ten lacrosse. So Sunday night, 7 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Uh, always love these games. Great way to wrap up the weekends. And kind of mentioned before, this is a game where this like Rutgers, this is a TCOB game for them. Take care of business, bury Ohio State, or be buried yourselves. Yeah, I like Rutgers in this one. I I, I do think that uh, I like Rutgers too. Yeah, and now they're traveling to Ohio State, so may, maybe that makes it a little bit closer. Maybe it's not a c- complete shit pumping, um, but no, Rutgers, this is for the football team. This is for football. This is for this is for getting your ass the football team getting their asses kicked. Rutgers is going to pour it on now. All right, love that. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think there's there's something suspect going on at Ohio State right now. There's no way that they're this bad. Just like coincident, like there's got to be something going on there. But uh, I think Rutgers can take advantage of that. Um, yeah, I think that kind of does it for the big games this weekend. Obviously, you know, a huge slate of games, um, can figure out ways to watch it on ESPN. Maybe you're at the bar, stream it on your phone while, while the basketball games are being played. I know that, uh, Dukes, you'll be busy watching a lot of basketball. So, uh, you know, luckily the lacrosse schedule isn't too loaded this week to where you're going to be missing a lot of big games. Well, also the games don't start till 630 on Saturday. So I'll be tuning in. Notre Dame, Virginia. It'll be great. I'll be live tweeting it. Maybe, dare I say, well, maybe we'll have something up our sleeves. I'll talk to you after the show. All right. Well, make sure that everyone uh, tunes in to uh, make sure you're following us on social. We are at the crease dive on Twitter and Instagram. Maybe there might be some news coming out about some games uh, this weekend. We'll see. Maybe whether it's this week or following weeks, make sure that you're just following us in general to keep up with all the latest news and updates at the crease dive on Twitter and Instagram at stool crease dive on TikTok. Make sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Uh, Leave a couple likes and comments. I'm pretty sure that that helps us out in the algorithm. So uh, let's just be a bunch of guys helping dudes, right? Get get us some more views out here. Uh, And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high until the day we die. We out. Just say it, aren't you tired of wasting?